0: Uh, it's my delight uh, to have Kokisha Bailey Robinson with us today. It is a delight and a pleasure to have you with us. A uh, wonderful godly woman, a sister in Christ. She and I serve on the Beeson Advisory Board, so it's kind of Beeson week uh, this week. And uh, she and her husband Tim, uh, he's a native of Tuscaloosa, Roll Tide. Uh, and uh, he serves with uh, Dr. Ralph West, who's preached here before at Church Without Walls. Kokisha grew up in a uh, parsonage family, her father was a minister, and uh, she has served uh, multiple churches, but now uh, heads up her own ministry uh, as an itinerant preacher uh, all over the place. And so we're delighted and look forward to the word that that the Lord has laid on your heart to give us today. God bless you and welcome. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the awesome presence of God. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so grateful to be here today. All of my favorite professors are members of this great church. Thank you to our loyal friends for being here on today. I salute the presence of Jesus Christ in this most holy week, and I'm so thankful for my dear beloved friend and your pastor. I salute his leadership, and I'm so thankful that he is a godly man. There are many great preachers, but all of them are not great people, but in him you have the very best. Thank you for your hospitality, Dean Andrew. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment that you have preordained, moved by the power of your spirit and help us to see you high and lifted up. Allow words to be planted in the seeds of the souls of Christian believers that will grow. But most of all, if someone is here that has not come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, till at the soil in their life and help them to choose you on today. Bless your word and hide this preacher behind your cross. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't stand before you today because I am the best preacher. I stand before you because God's grace is sufficient. Amen? Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23, a familiar passage. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. We'll unpack this text and be on to a grand lunch. Thank you to those that are serving. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. For a few moments, let's simply tag this, this text, The Forgiveness Factor. The Forgiveness Factor. When this text opens, Jesus has already been beaten all night long with a flagellum. They have already pierced his head with a crown of thorns. They've mocked him, assaulted his character, and then they've hung him on the cross. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Let's pause for a moment in Holy Week on today to recall the stench of sorrow. You do know it doesn't have to be Holy Week to remember the suffering of Christ. But let's not only smell the stench of sorrow, let's anticipate the glorious hope through Jesus Christ in tomorrow. The legendary E.M. Bounds, the godfather of prayer, once said that we must unlock our mornings with prayer and deadboat our evenings with prayer. And here Jesus, our Lord, is dead boating the evening of his life in prayer. And he maybe has a few seconds left of breath and he does what you and I never think to do. When we are being attacked or assassinated in character, he prays for his enemies. Jesus is the perfect paradigm of freedom through forgiveness. And Jesus is suffocating on the cross, yet says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I don't know if someone were murdering me if I had 60 seconds left of breath, if I would even think to pray for my enemies. Would you? But aren't we glad that we're not Jesus and he establishes the perfect paradigm. What does it mean when Jesus says, Father, forgive them? Well, I knew you would bring great questions to the advent it mean when Jesus says father when Jesus says father he's talking to the one that he's in communication with Abba father according to Matthew 6 Uh, the Lord's prayer shows us that he is our father and this means that he's talking to his daddy an intimate term for father and aren't you grateful that it says that Jesus says our father and not my father because if you had to pray to my father you would have to pray to a pastor E.K. Bailey that now lives in glory that you never had the opportunity to meet and if I had to pray to your father I would have to pray to a James or a Ted or Earl or Bubba that I've never heard of but I'm grateful that we serve a God of inclusivity because we pray to our father and that's exactly who Jesus was referring to And isn't it sovereignly ironic that we hear him in communication with his father because we hear him articulating his purpose? When he first gets on the scene at 12 years old, we see Mary and Joseph running around town because they've lost Jesus. And when they find him, they say, Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking for you all morning, we were worried. And Jesus, fully aware of why he had come down 40 and two generations and was born in a dysfunctional family, says, Mama, I've been about my father's business. He's keenly aware that he's coming to earth to die. For you and for me and on the cross he is fulfilling just why he had come he's communicating to his father and it's important that we pull the park break up a moment because someone may be here today with father wounds don't worry I won't ask you to stand or raise your hand but someone could be frustrated because you had a deadbeat dad Someone could be sorrowful and grieving because you were offended or wounded by your father. Someone only saw daddy on birthdays and Christmas. Sometimes daddy said, stay outside with your backpack and I'll come get you. And you waited all day. Dad always let you down. And it's important that we know that Heavenly Father is not like our earthly fathers. He is a God that will never let you down. And we can celebrate this week that we serve a father of inclusivity that never leaves us hanging Jesus is communing with our Father. And today, if you don't know Him, it's a mighty good day to get to know Him simply by confession and believing in Him, according to Romans 10 9 and 10. But we continue to walk down this text. Father, forgive them. Can we pull the part break up again? What does it mean, forgive them? Cory Ten Boom has the best and the most colorful picturesque way of articulating forgiveness. Are you interested? Cory Ten Boom, a, a celebrated Holocaust survivor and writer says, "Forgiveness is when God collects our offenses." throws them in the sea of forgetfulness and posts a sign that says no fishing allowed. And I'm glad about that because we know something about fishing in Alabama. I lived here for four years and got plenty good fish here. And I'm from catfish country in Texas. We know something about fishing. But the problem, church, is when we take the concepts of the world as it relates to fishing and we bring those into the culture of the church. And I know that it's true because how many times has your pastor said I want to elect this person to this position and someone says don't you know what their past used to be? We get PhDs in fishing up the sins of people's past but true forgiveness is when we develop a forgettery. Now Fisk University and Beeson Divinity School wouldn't be proud of me making up a word but now I've been in ministry so long I see that preachers can make up good words that fit good theology. And now I'm at the age in my 40s, I'm taking vitamins to help me develop a better memory. But as a minister of the gospel, working in global and local churches, God has impressed upon my heart. Sometimes you need to stop worrying about what you remember, Kokisha, and learn to forget what I have forgotten. What are you remembering that God is urging you to forget? That's in essence what forgiveness is. Don't fish up their sins. But the question is, who needs forgiveness in this text? Some scholars say that it is those who wanted him to save himself. Some scholars say that it's those that didn't believe that he was who he said it he was. Some say that it's for you and I yet to be created, who on our best day, we still put it in the ditch. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The theological message in essence, my friends, of this text is forgive before the offense, forgive during the offense, and forgive after the offense. That's the perfect paradigm of forgiveness according to Jesus. Let me unpack that further. If you're single, forgive your spouse before you meet them. (laughs) I've been married long enough to know all you have to do is be married 24 hours and you need some forgiveness forgive your children before you give birth to them because if you have kids longer than a year or two you're going to learn how to have to learn how to forgive them students forgive your professors before you get in their class because they may unintentionally wound you ministers forgive your pastors before you serve on church ministry take forgiveness with you maybe we need to come closer to home. Does somebody need your forgiveness because you didn't taste their green bean casserole at the last potluck? Did somebody not compliment you on a few pounds that you were supposed to lose? Does someone date you but not marry you? Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. They are clueless. And one writer says that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and wanting someone else to die from it. Why forgive? Because it's biblical and it has blessings. If we want Christ to forgive us, we must. It's necessary that we forgive others. I'll say this and I'll close. I was I went to a restaurant that I won't name yesterday had a great time preparing for today's message and as God was sovereignly ordained it a group of people next to my table had gathered no one else was in the restaurant so I could hear them clearly four people two men and two women they exchanged pleasantries I felt like they must be great friends everyone was 60 plus a table of wisdom. And then I heard someone say, now that we've caught up with the pleasantries, we've brought you here today because you've said some things about me that were not true. And I thought, oh my. (laughs) I came to study, but as the young people would say in Texas, it's about to start popping in here. (laughs) So I remember clutching my pearls like, Heavenly Father, I don't know what's about to happen in here. And to my utter shock and amazement, there were no cursing, fighting or character assassinating guess what they dealt with the problem the atmosphere did get tense and then one person apologized and then they sat in silence and prayed and then they went back to talking about their families and I felt like God was saying this is grown-up forgiveness and I had to repent for all of the times that I really wanted to stop speaking to my offenders have you ever been there or that I pretended that I was over it but in my heart I knew that I was thinking get away from me I don't want to talk to you anymore. Grown up forgiveness is not punishing our offenders. It doesn't mean we'll go back to being the very best friends but it means that I resist my desire to continual punishment for what you did to me. Father blot out their transgressions. Finally for they know not what they do daddy don't fish up their sins you know why we have to forgive because forgiveness is the hallmark of christian believers when we forgive we tell the truth on jesus and when we don't we are presenting jesus as a lie and surely if the bible says that forgiveness is mentioned a hundred plus times it's a priority to god it should be a priority to us Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that, according to Dr. Martin Luther King. Forgive because forgiveness and love are inextricably tied, according to John three sixteen. Forgive because it's biblical, it's necessary, and it has benefits. If you want to do study on forgiveness, I urge you to read Proverbs seventeen and nine, Ephesians four and thirty two, Matthew six and fourteen, Micah seven and eighteen, Acts thirteen thirty eight through thirty nine. Forgiveness is biblical and the hallmark of all Christian believers, but what does it mean for they know not what they do? I have two nieces. The only child I have is a four-year-old black Labrador retriever named Samson. So my sister gives me practice on her kids. Do you ever wonder, like me, why kids try to lick the toys of the dog? Because they don't know any better. I have to say, you can't play with that. That's Samson's in your mouth that belongs to the dog have you ever wondered why they try to pick up a hot cobbler coming out of the oven because they don't know any better who has offended you was it a supervisor father forgive them was it a spouse our church member father forgive them for they know not what they do they are ignorant and we are as well. I remember when I matriculated at Beeson Divinity School, Dr. Robert Smith, Jr., esteemed preaching professor of divinity, said, Kokisha, I'm your dad. Since your dad has gone to glory, he asked me to look out for you. And so I want you to know I've collected bath gels so that you can have. My wife and I want it to be a blessing. And in my ignorance and unintentional arrogance, I said, that was kind of you, Dr. Smith. But how about you give it to the needy? And Dr. Smith said, Kokisha, you are the needy. And you know why we struggle with unforgiveness, with our spiritually snobby selves? Because we forgot our own neediness on God. And what better week than Holy Week to say, Father, forgive us because we too have been the offender and the offending. And how dare us not offer the amazing grace of forgiveness to others as you've offered to us. Father, forgive them for their And who better to show as an example of ignorance than Paul? God showed amazing grace. How do you take a hit man and turn him into a holy man? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. They didn't know, but they would know. They didn't know that he was the Rose of Sharon, but they would know. They didn't know that he was the light of the world, but they would know. They didn't know that he was Jesus Christus, Karius. Jesus who is the Christ they didn't know but they would know they didn't know him at the cradle that's why the song says sweet little Jesus boy nobody knows your name they they didn't know him at the cross that's why he says father forgive them for they know not what they do but they will know him at the great coronation where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord Lord, teach us the freedom through forgiveness. Teach us forgiveness with our lives and with our lips. In your name we pray, amen.